And now for another installment of Stream Theater. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to another installment of Stream Theory. That's right. We're so glad that you are here. My name's Ian. My name's Ben. And we're just a couple of actors in Chicago. We talk about movies on the reg. And yeah, we do. And some of our returning listeners might know this would be a segment that normally goes into the episode, but we got a lot of stuff we wanted to cover and talk about, so we thought we'd release a little bonus episode so we could get into all the nitty gritty for you. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're trying to see how this works as even its own thing so yeah so welcome to the inaugural separation of the stream theory uh and welcome to the inaugural episode of stream theory if this is your first time listening uh, that was the sound of the boat leaving the harbor. Oh yeah, there, you go. there, there it is. There it is. It's That's exciting stuff. Boat. It's, it's sailing, setting sail. It is. It is indeed. Uh, so let's uh, let's jump into this. Um, we we got two movies um, today that we're going to review, um, and we will also tell you where you find them on streaming platforms. Uh, so let's let's jump in here. I, I'll start. How does that sound? It sounds wonderful. What you got for us, Ben? All right. You know what I got? I got something that's been on a lot of people's minds and wondering like. Oh, I hear this is really good. Should I watch it? Well, we're here to tell you what our thoughts on on are about The Five Bloods. That's right. The Five Bloods, y'all. It's directed by Spike Lee, and it's starring Delroy Lindo, uh, Chadwick Boseman, Jonathan Majors, Norm Lewis, and Clark Peters, among many others. Four African-American vets battle the forces of man and nature when they return to Vietnam, seeking the remains of their fallen squad leaders and the gold fortune he helped them hide. So before before we go into the full review, I just want to explain how we're going to do this real quick. So it's not like any other reviewing platform or site. Um, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the reboot. Essentially, the reboot works as uh, how can this movie be better? Uh, will there possibly be a reboot? This is how sure. it might be done in 10 years, 20 years. We give our thoughts on that, and then we give a rating system at the end, which we will go into once we reach that portion. So we'll give three thoughts on each of these things. Um, all right. So with that being said, that bit of uh, housekeeping out of the way. Ian, uh, I- I'm going to kick it off to you, man. Give me a give me a good thing that you liked about The Five Bloods. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what. I am glad that we have these constraints on ourselves at three apiece because I could easily go into dozens. Uh, the first one I do want to highlight, though, uh, the acting. The acting and the characters in this are sublime. The performances from, in particular, Delroy Lindo as Paul, absolutely stellar in a complicated frustrating way i'm not going to touch on that though because we're only talking about the good right now but delroy lindo as paul gives a beautiful performance uh jonathan majors was uh my fave going into this because i really liked him in last black man in san francisco and i felt like he was actually overshadowed by and that's easy to do everybody's a little bit older a little bit more experienced but the uh delroy lindo clark peters norm lewis and uh isaiah whitlock jr like the core ensemble of this movie is fucking stellar that's my first that's my first good thing it's really hard to whittle it down to just three good things but my first good thing is going to be the performances from the entire ensemble how about you ben what's 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 your first good thing uh yeah you know what? i'm gonna piggyback on that um character development period is really really good you get a very good sense of who these men are um so much in fact that i love the little thing that he does by these five men all being the names of uh the original temptations uh you got paul melvin um you got david <laughs> that makes a lot of sense i was looking for something biblical with the paul yeah, but yeah, like yeah. that makes a lot more sense yeah yeah yeah. you got 
yeah, Otis, uh, Eddie. It, it just it it works so well. These these blending of of characters and how these are the five bloods. Um, and yeah, you know, I I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that. In fact, that I have a theory, and I don't know if I should get into it here. You know what? I'll I'll go ahead and just get into it here. Get into it here. Um, hear it. Yeah, because you've heard the synopsis. Um, I honestly think uh, they try to meet this guy named uh, Norm, Storm and Norman, who uh, they try to dig up his body to bring back to America because um, he was one of the best fucking soldiers that they knew, and they all had a brotherhood being black soldiers in Vietnam, uh, having to fight to the death in a different country and in a America, uh, which is something that a lot of movies don't touch on, which I'm so glad that this did. Um, yeah, I don't think Norman actually was a person. Oh, do you think he was sort of like an ideal I, that they I all think sort of a lot of this is almost a a a feverish dream and I don't know if Spike Lee intended that, but in my brain, that's how it works. This is why you see them go back um, in time, and they're still who they are. They they don't cast younger actors to play them, mm, and that's mm-hmm. for a reason. And the reason why a lot of the fight scenes are like kind of amped up and kind of look more stylized than actually um, logical and, and you know and tactical is because Absolutely. that's how they are remembering these things. Um, Norman, oh. it represents the bond of the men. He represents the bond that they share they equally had to convey and project this bond in order to make it through vietnam or else they would have died most black men had to have a norman inside of them and in their consciousness to survive such atrocities because there's so much oppression eventually you know things start to happen in weird ways and like how do we fucking get through this even you know what's the point of fighting for a country who doesn't give a fuck oh we have norman on our side norman is the baddest motherfucker around he's bad he's bad 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 you know we're gonna fuck Fucking when Martin Luther King dies, we're gonna fucking. This all goes into characterization, so I'm not. I'm not ranting. But when when Martin Luther King dies, we're all gonna fucking just kill everybody. Fuck it. Like, why are we even here? Like, they killed this man. He was peaceful. And Norman, their subconscious is like, you cannot do that. That is not what you're here for. That will literally accomplish nothing. Mm. And yeah, there are caveats where you know they find his bones, stuff like that. Um, but I, I, I honestly, I, I think we're dealing with a lot of metaphors. Obviously, of course, with Spike Lee, but a lot. I think it's even a lot deeper than just that. I feel like this is what they wanted to do in their brains. These five men. This is what they wanted. This is where their hearts have been, and they haven't. They have never left the jungle. This is why they don't. This is why they are aged when they go back to norm. This is why they they never left. Their minds are still there. <laughs> And that's pretty fucking powerful. One of the things I love, the characterization and how the the, the, the themes bond together. And I kind of, I'm sorry, I, I cheated. I cheated. I should have gone to the second one. I, I apologize. I just had to get it out. I'm sorry. Uh, Ian, what's your second one? <laughs> okay. Whew. My second, my second good. My second good, uh, I think, to sort of transition using uh, the awesome theory that you just posited, something that I, I'm going to put down as my second good is the, I like the setting a lot and what it does and means to the story, the setting of Vietnam in the sense that we explore some really, really complicated race relations, especially when it is two demographics of people that largely America has not served and in most cases actually hindered or hurt, i.e. black people, indigenous people of color, and also those folks in Vietnam and sort of reconciling, like the the, the themes of reconciliation and also... Um, 
brotherhood that run through this whole thing and how it extends beyond just their ranks as soldiers, but also the solidarity that they feel with um with the character Vin, who's sort of their guide for those who have not seen the movie. He is sort of their guide through yeah. the majority of Vietnam. Um mm-hmm. and just like the solidarity that comes from like people of color like recognizing that like colonialism has hurt all of us. Like and in different ways and in subtle ways and how that breeds solidarity and how that also like creates division. I thought that that was extremely well explored and really, really compelling to me, a white viewer that was like, holy shit, like I get to, like you see it, you see a side of Vietnam that you don't normally get to see in a lot of American media, you know? Uh, uh, I think yeah. Watchmen touches on it just a little bit uh, in this sort of alternate reality wherein, you know, their Vietnam is very different from actual real day Vietnam. And I think that's, that's my second good that I'm going to tally down is the setting and the way that Spike Lee uses the setting so ingeniously to tell his story and the themes behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is just, it is very fascinating to see how uh, how through a different lens, Vietnam can be so different for different people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I guess I'll go to my second point. Um, the cinematography is absolutely gorgeous. Mm, it's mm-hmm. gorgeous. Um, I don't, I know that they definitely switched lenses to, to go to the flashback. Um, yes. Yeah, they, uh, he had to fight to use 16 millimeter to yeah. make it that truly authentic <sighs> Vietnam era feel. That shit is so cool. It, it's, it's really sh- effective. You would think it's, it would be jarring, that switch, but it, it's done so seamlessly that I'm just like, oh yeah, we're here. And this in fact, I, I'm yeah. really glad that you brought that up. There is a really slick transition at one point in the story where it goes from that 16 millimeter Vietnam and the aspect ratio just expands very seamlessly into widescreen yep. and it's modern it's like modern day mm. and the gang is walking down the streets it's like this gorgeous seamless transition from like this boxy 16 millimeter frame mm. where the image just looks like a box and then it slowly stretches and it's suddenly a rectangle in 1080p it was so fucking cool it's, it's very cool uh, it's just some really like this is a class in cinematography right here mm-hmm. it's beautiful uh, I tell you this Vietnam if they shot in Vietnam because I know sometimes they'll shoot around that area um um, uh, if they actually shot in Vietnam or wherever they shot, it's absolutely gorgeous. But I will say, it looks like mosquitoes will fuck a nigga up. So I will mm. just... I, was I have going, no idea how they cope with that, yeah. The whole time I was like, oh, this is beautiful. But at the same time, I don't want to go. It just looks so muggy and sticky and swampy and it's everything that <laughs> I do not like. Uh, <laughs> it would be great to look at. you be like, oh, that's pretty as hell. But give me that deep. Give me that deep. <laughs> <laughs> Spray me down, please. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, that's uh, definitely uh, just the location, lo- location, 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 mm. and also um, the cinematography. That's one of my second, yeah, my second points. Uh, yeah. Mad props to the cinematographer who is Newton Thomas Siegel. Yeah, uh, and he's he's got a very uh, storied resume, so it makes sense that he and Spike collaborated to do so much cool stuff. Yeah. He he did that shit. He did that shit. Uh, another point for you, my man. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, my third good point. This film's second act might be one of the strongest second acts of of this year of a lot of films that I've seen. Uh, that's that's going to be my good mark. Is that uh, this this film feels difficult to? I'm sure with a, with a more rewatches, I'll I'll find this declaration silly. But it feels a little strange to me to fit into a three act structure. Um, but like, what would in my mind be the second act when 
they finally do go on their journey, uh, when they finally leave the urban sprawls of Vietnam cities and actually get into the wilderness, that whole second chunk of the film is some of the strongest storytelling and incredibly emotional storytelling to happen this year, last year. It's that that that's my third and final good point is that the story works so well, and in that second act in particular, like everything gets so much richer and deeper, and the tension that comes about there. I'm not going to spoil too much about the tension, but Ben, I think you know uh, possibly what tension I'm talking about whenever digging is involved. Yeah, I do. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go with the same thing. And our points will differ, um, but at least this one, yeah, the second act is amazing. And I will say this, that it's even though this is in the bad part um, and bad is loose could be bad or just you know not great uh, Mm -hmm. that it started to slow down for me and I was like oh boy okay this could be drawn out and that second act picks up in at a perfect time Mm -hmm. at like at the best time possible and in your brain you know it's going to happen at least I did because it was a prior talk and I won't go into uh, spoilers as well I'll leave it at that so you kind of know like okay we should probably look out for something along these lines you just don't know when it you know what's happening but it comes at a good point um in the story this movie makes great yeah. uses of yeah. the Chekhov gun mechanic you yeah. know where like if you see a gun in act one it's got to be fired by act three there's at least i feel like there's got to be at least three if not more Chekhov guns just sort of peppered throughout each part of this story and spike lee uses them viciously efficiently yeah he, he absolutely does so yeah um the, the foreshadowing is great it works well it it's something that Spike Lee has grown as a director too. Um, some of his movies sometimes are like poorly paced or, or just like, oh, this one thing went on way too long and it was just at that point and he just flips it. Um, that in the script, the dialogue's pretty good. It's it's, it's really solid, um, especially in that third act with uh, with uh, Delroy's character, um, Paul. Mm-hmm. And I'll leave it at mm-hmm. that. It's just some of the monologues he does is just like, whoa. <laughs> it's oh, like, yeah. my God. It's Ooh, just in like, fact, I'd like to make that my my third good point. Yeah. Like the second the second act thing still stands, but there's a particular scene where Delroy Lindo fucking brings it, fam, and like yeah. his his monologue towards I, it's got to be the third act. His monologue, you'll know it when you see it, is whew. yeah. And Delroy's been in the game for a while, uh, just like and you can tell that motherfucker hits you if he. I, I feel like he's got to be in the discussion for Oscar con- uh, uh, contention at this point. At this With point this in the movie? game, yeah, yeah, he's he's so goddamn fucking. De- okay, so, so one little spoiler. One little spoiler. There's a, a a scene. It's very light. And it's like early on where they're they're traveling in, on a boat, the floating market, and just mm. that, I would just say that that scene, the amount of tension and how uh, like anxious I felt because knowing yeah. how off the cuff this nigga was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah, 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 yeah. I I will put. A pin on that because I will spoil this whole damn movie. <laughs> I think we should move on in the sake of time and I agree. Uh, sake of spoilers to the bad. Um, and uh, since you started with the good, I, I guess I'll start with the bad here. Hell yeah, take it. Um, Kick it off. Jeez, what is ba- it's kind of hard. This is the tough part. Now we're in the tough part. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a little tough. Um, jeez. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back to say some of the pacing in the beginning was just a, a little off, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't hate it. Um, I feel like one 
one or two more scenes would have been it would have probably hurt the movie a lot um but luckily they catch it um definitely in the in the edit um now dialogue is great too sometimes i feel like spike lee is a little too loose with in some things like it's all around stellar dialogue stellar script in Mm -hmm. some aspects in some scenes i'm like that could have been tightened up a bit and it's a bit too on the nose but like if that's one of the worst things i think you got a pretty decent movie but like yes there are some things where i'm like uh i would probably scale back a little bit on that i I would clean that scene up that scene seems like probably let the actors go on a little too long sure and you could have probably either edited or shot it again to make sure you get it that concise thorough line through of what you're trying to um ian what what's uh a bad or just an uh a dislike one of my yeah one of my little one of my little dings uh again we're we're in the the tough part now like i have to come up with three of these and i can really only think of like one off the top of my head it would be um and i know that this was a conscious choice so this is just coming from personal preference some of the cuts feel very wonky to me we talked about this off mic and i know that it's an intentional choice because it happens two or three times but there are a few moments wherein people are colliding uh it was really really obvious to me at one point when there was an action sequence but like it'll be like uh either when someone hugs there's a moment where i think someone either like punches or is getting punched or disarming someone and the film cuts twice turning one impact into two and showing two separate vantage points of the same impact Mm. so for instance for a hug uh i think this happens at least twice the camera is on one person's face as they go into and complete the contact of the hug and then we cut to the other person who is not yet in the full station hug so it's like rewinds a split second and we get that same hug and body contact again it it, again is just personal preference i'm sure that there is a reason and decision behind that choice because it seems very intentional but for me it just sort of spatially specifically in the action example kind of like discombobulated me a little bit i was like whoa the first time it happened yeah that's that i'll, I'll pay back that is an acquired taste you either gonna like that or you just it's just gonna be like what and that's um, a spike film in general i think which i really love he he yeah. tends to test and break those conventions of film like yeah. when he interplays uh the photographs mm-hmm. of whatever people are talking about across the screen i love that yeah I I love that but like that was just one convention that i was like maybe take that one to the drawing board again for my yeah if i I had to make this movie i I would like to go back um and then i'll give my second point i like to go Mm -hmm. back to see when he does it exactly and write it down because i think he does it when when people embrace a lot a Um, lot of embraces there was one moment that i like realized it though that was specifically in an action sequence right where it fucked with the flow of the fight but i'm Mm. sorry go ahead yeah 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 so it's very interesting yeah so like a lot of times it's either you like it or you're just like that's cool or you're like ah that worked for me so sure. yeah 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 I, I i got you on that um all right so second point for me jesus i don't know if i have three points y'all i'm, I'm gonna be completely honest it's it's <sighs> and that's fair you know like it's sometimes tough. we're not gonna be able to come up with right <laughs> six <laughs> fucking total things that a movie sucks at sometimes right. the movie's just that good y'all it's just that good um oof. Ugh, jesus christ uh, <laughs> i got a, I got a number two if you want me to go number two real go, quick you go number two and let me think on it um and i might be in a solo camp for this i was not super crazy about norm lewis's performance uh, uh chadwick boseman no norm lewis he uh, oh no he's oh, the actor sorry, who plays I, I eddie that's Norman. okay no no that's <laughs> okay i totally get where the confusion came in uh norm lewis has 
really great moments when he is the person focused on in the scene. As a background actor, there were there were a few moments where in the background I was like, what is this man doing? Like he was he was just doing like a little too much at moments where I was like, hey buddy, focus at the scenes, not you right now. Like I know you you're trying to be in the moment, but it feel it felt his performance at times felt a little bit forced. And I might I might be alone in that camp. I might be a hundred percent wrong, but there were there were moments where I was like, I want to pull you back just like two decibels of emotion if I could, Norm. Um, so that's my second bad, you know? Again, it's a it is a hard one bad because he's not worse than like any other big name actor, but just he was the weakest link and it was obvious to me. Yeah, okay, I, I got one. Okay, I got, what's I your got, number two? I think I would have liked a lot more of Chadwick Boseman in this movie so you can get a real sense of, yes. of uh, that camaraderie between him and the team. Even if my theory does work, it just it's still if they would have fleshed that out just a little bit more mm-hmm. um i think that would have um that would have worked because then you would feel like yes you would feel things it would make it would just make you sh- a stronger connection to him and and his plight and, and why it's so important for the gentleman to to get him and his remain up uh, yeah that's a that's the second one for me uh this is tough like do, we, do you have a third one i don't know if i have a third one i'm gonna be completely... yes i do have a third one actually and maybe um... i can add that one <laughs> So my third one would be uh in this there there are a few supporting characters that come into this story uh one of whom I'm going to call uh the white bunch there are three white folks that mm-hmm. I'm not going to disclose their job for the sake of spoilers but uh three white folks come into the story and uh reappear further down the line into the story and there's a little bit of a tonal problem for me because one of them played by Paul Walter Hauser who is doing a good job um just feel slightly tonally inconsistent with whatever is happening there is one point that uh there's there's one big thing it's so hard to talk about because there are a lot of big things that happen to them but it's like towards the end of the film wherein there's comedy where i was like i don't really know if you'd be if you'd be so fucking smart mouthed right now my man like Mm -hmm. i know shit stuff so like that was that was my um that's my third one and again it is a hard one in small third one but there were moments where i felt like comedy was kind of shoehorned into a character where i didn't necessarily think they would be in a joking spirit yeah i i i uh i can i can vibe with that i could say that you probably need a, a bit more of them period just to lay in the thing the further action it's not about the story's not about them you don't need much mm-hmm. <laughs> but just i would i would have done with maybe another scene or maybe the scene that they're in maybe a little bit longer so sure really flesh I'll say out this. those characters yeah a little uh, bit Melanie, Melanie Theory, uh, she's great. The woman who plays Hetty, she does a fantastic job. Her she's chemistry great. with Jonathan Majors, yeah. delicioso. It's, My God, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do love that. I like that scene that they are introduced in. I would have, I could have done with maybe you add a minute onto that minute or mm, two. Sure, uh, would have uh, benefited and, and maybe would have helped that tonal shift that you're having an issue with. If you establish more so that these guys are kind of goofy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Or, or a little silly. It wouldn't hurt so much when it comes. Back around, I think so. Um, I'll take that as my third. All right. With that being said, let's go into our third part of this review: um, the reboot and our what would you do better? Um, all right. Uh, so, Ian, with that being said, could you give us a, a brief, um, uh, you know, thesis on how you would make this better if you could, or what would you do and how this reboot would look? Sure. Um, my quick little thesis: if this film ever gets remade, as Hollywood inevitably recycles its stories over and over again, uh, there's not there's there's 
not a lot that I, a white man, could <laughs> say I could feasibly change to make a Spike Lee story about uh, black identity, speci- specifically black identity in relation to fighting for a country that doesn't care for them. Uh, but I, I would say I would tighten up the action just a little bit. Uh, I don't entirely mind the stylization of it, but Ian's sort of obnoxious, logical uh, video game brain was kind of like, that's not safe. Like, they would be, th- that wouldn't work at all. Like, and I, it's hard for me to turn that part off. Like, that's probably my own problem. So I would I would tighten up the action a little bit. I would um, slightly tighten up, like, those those cuts that we sort of talked, that I sort of talked about. Um, and that's really all that I can think of. I think that this film, this film, I'm hoping, I'm hoping against hope will not be as relevant 10 years from now as it is today. But if we ever do need these themes to be reminded of us, like, that's how I, that's how I would change it. That's how I would, that was, that's my reboot. Uh, Ben. Yep. What's a, if you were to reboot to Five Bloods in X amount of years, would you do anything differently? Uh, not much. Honestly, uh, I would probably embellish on some characters a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Just polish mm-hmm. them up. Um, because even though that is a strong suit, there are a few other supporting characters that I would probably put a little, uh, more polish on. Sure. Um, yeah, I would honestly, and this, this movie's already long, but it doesn't feel this long. I would add about 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes of it. And that's, that's rare. Legit. I think it, I think it could use a good 10, 15 to flush out a few things. Um, especially with the flashbacks, more flashbacks. So that, more that's flashbacks, it. That's please. Yep. More flashbacks, please. All right. Well, uh, let's get into our rating system. Ian, tell the good people, uh, how we're gonna rate these movies yes my friends you might think that we would do uh, a star system or a numbered system and you know that would make a lot of sense but we here at too many flicks we're kind of we do things just a little bit differently so instead of stars or numbers we have a few rankings our top ranking being must watch this film is a must watch just below that we have it's on the list meaning you've put it in your queue somewhere you know you'll get to it then just below that we have some for the background you can put it on you can text you can play mobile games it's good fucking background fodder after that we have i would rather wherein we have to come up with something awful we'd rather do than watch whatever film we're talking about and finally this is a slight spoiler for what film number two in stream theory inaugural standalone episode is going to be finally at the bottom of the barrel you've got artemis fowl <laughs> but it's clever because it's not spelled like artemis fowl it's spelled like artemis fowl you know yeah. Because we're clever here. Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> that bad. It's that level of terrible. So, Ben, All right. now that mm-hmm. we've got our rating system laid out, yes, what sir. are you going to give to Five Bloods? Must watch. Love it. It's absolutely absolute must. It's in this day and climate, this day and age, you would do yourself a disservice for not watching this movie. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. I am right there on that, that grading scale with you. It's a tour de force in filmmaking and storytelling, but it's also an incredibly poignant and powerful story with really, really topical themes today. Get the fuck on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's almost, I would say it's early, but I say it's definitely Oscar contention like off the bat um so yeah all right so let's get into our next movie ian you want to give us the rundown of uh cast crew and all that other good stuff i'm happy to friends as you might have guessed based off of our rating system we have to talk about artemis fowl like <laughs> do any of us want to oh no i don't know but we oh, have my to God. <laughs> in the same way that defy bloods is a moral imperative dissecting artemis fowl is 
I don't know. I don't know. But we have to do it. <laughs> we're here. We're talking about Artemis Fowl. You can find it on Disney+. Plus. It is directed by Kenneth Branagh. Ostensibly. I don't know about that anymore. Uh, it stars Farida Shaw, Laura McDonald, Josh Gad. You've got Colin Farrell. You've got Dame Judi Dench. They don't even have Judi Dench on the fucking cast list. Like, she asked to be kindly left off of the IMDb page. <laughs> Until you click in full cast. Yeah. No. uh, So, Ben, here comes the fun part. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Just so you all know the quick quick tagline, the quick synopsis. Artemis Fowl, a young criminal prodigy, hunts down a secret society of fairies to find his missing father. So, Ben, give me something good. Give me something good about Artemis Fowl. Give me some some good Artemis Fowl thing. Ian, 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 why do we do what we do? You know, it's literally in our tagline. We watch all the (laughs) flicks so that you don't have to but sometimes dude it's a pain it's hard uh okay a good thing from artemis fell i would say the costume design it's pretty cool I, okay. I like the way the elves look they look really sweet i like that green like tactical suit they kind of wear yeah um, that's yeah, fair yeah. yeah yeah um i'll leave that as one because it's gonna be hard to have three good things so that's my first one i'll that's say like yeah the costume sure. design is pretty 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 legit and can you uh can you can you give me <sighs> one good thing uh <laughs> I can I can give you one good thing and that's that the house is very pretty. <laughs> it's a pretty house. You stop. The house you wherein motherfuck- 85% of this fucking movie <laughs> takes place is very pretty. The house I- where we see maybe two rooms of in a sprawling <laughs> mansion and yet we spend close to an hour and let's say 15 in is very pretty. Oh my god. All right, I guess it's up for me for the second one. Here we go. What's number 2? Uh I like the way even though they don't flesh it out, I like the surface level of how the the elves and, and how their cities look i think that's kind of cool i feel like if they actually had a, mm. a movie mm-hmm. that that could have been explored a little bit more but i like where they were heading i was like oh oh that's <laughs> it okay that's it we, we visit that's that it. once and we stay in a house for 85 percent of the movie <laughs> <laughs> we have ma- i, I want to save this for my bad tab I, you know what no i'm sure we have plenty of bad tabs yeah you I'm introduce sorry. us to a sprawling <laughs> mythical metropolis and you're like here's this dude's fucking house in yeah. Ireland like fuck you fuck you fuck yeah, you can you give us a third one <laughs> wait you're still on your second one right you know you said give us a second one. Oh fuck I am on my second one um <laughs> Josh Gad is trying. He's trying. I'm not going to say he succeeds, but he's trying. Oh, God. Oh, that's and it? I got to say, that's more <laughs> That's more than a lot of people can say about their performance in this film. He's trying. He didn't. Josh Gad really wanted Artemis Fowl to work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh... Ben, do you have a... Are you on number three right now? I'm on... I'm on number three. Yes, I'm on number three. Um, jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me more. There are <laughs> there's one moment where the comedy the comedy hit well. There was one where I was oh. like, that's funny. One singular moment. And that's uh, in the good win. thing. That's in a good thing. You say win? I said one win. <laughs> oh, one win. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, remember I, I, yeah. do you remember what the moment was? I can't tell you. I just remember being like, oh, that's some competence is there. I was <laughs> I think it was when they were in the house. When was that, Ben? Because that's the entire fucking movie. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> 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 
they were definitely in the house. I can tell you that. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Ian, you, you're on your third one, T. Gimme. Okay. Um. <laughs> okay. Hold, hold on. Okay. I'm laughing already. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. I'm scrolling through production photos trying to find one happy memory. Hold on. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Third good thing. Third good thing. Uh, the poster's kind of cool. The movie ends. <laughs> That's great. I'm long that I'm glad that it wasn't some sort of punishment from a cruel god wherein this blob of a film stretches onward for eternity and I am forced to bear witness. So that's my third good thing. It ended. It wasn't a forever time experience. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, then let's move on to the bad. I, I, uh, Ian, kick us off, will you? <sighs> Fuck. It's hard to articulate. Just oh, it's, it's like when you look upon something from another realm. You know, like it's trying to describe a color that no one else has seen. <laughs> you're just there and you're like, okay, wow, it's bad. How's it bad? Mm-hmm. You need to go beyond the confines of our reality to see past the code and the strings and the weaving of the universe and see something deeper um oh okay i i i there is one scene by the seaside here we go <laughs> it's so hard my adhd is kicking in and like oh what's bad you want to know what's bad this is this is this is i will say this i know that it's a kids movie stop repeating the name of your fucking MacGuffin in oh, saying yeah. what the fuck its importance is. I want to say in the first 20 minutes of the film, they say oraculous or whatever, however the fuck I'm supposed to pronounce it. They say it no short, n- no less than a dozen times. And not only that, like close to half of those times, they're like the most powerful magical item in the world that like, la da da. Like, yes, we know you've said oraculous so much. Yeah. And I still can't tell you how to pronounce it because that's how much you made me not care that's my first bad <laughs> Whew. Ooh, uh, all right so here we go uh, let's just dive into this head first my first bad mm-hmm. the pacing slash editing uh this mm-hmm. movie is not the movie that was intended i can tell you that fucking right now and i'm not a professional editor but you can fucking tell there's moments mm-hmm. in this where you're not seeing people's faces but they're supposed to be talking to one another and you just know it's adr uh, which is pretty much voice voicing over um your after your the work, fact dialogue. because you After, can't yes. reshoot something right just in case people don't know that yes um they do that a lot so it's, that means there's scenes fucking missing from this movie and it and goes, let's be clear though yeah. the thing about adr it's yeah. it's pretty standard issue across the industry marvel exactly. does adr all the time it but happens. here it yeah. is sorry continue it's just no yeah ooh. you're right no 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 yeah, here it's it's used as a way to fucking put a band-aid on a shitty situation so money mm-hmm. came in here one of the suits came in here and gutted the fuck out of this film i can guarantee you that because it moves at a fucking bullet's pace it's fucking lightning speed and all of a sudden it ends with me caring about no one and it ends so abruptly that i'm like wait that's fucking it i was Mm -hmm. like you mother fuckers i I, that (laughs) editing pacing ian give me a second one because i mm. Uh, i got you i got you um this sort of ties into editing slash pacing um the fucking writing man like i will say this we we should put this disclaimer on here neither of us have read the artemis foul books but we know the the concept the premise these were big books they were big when we were growing up he's a criminal mastermind he's kind of a jerk the the script that got 
got greenlit or the script that we got at least has absolutely none of the characters that you probably know or love from Artemis Fowl. Their husk is there. They took your character's name and description and then they gutted out all the important stuff and they essentially used them as chess pieces to tell a very convoluted story. Uh, Artemis Fowl is not a criminal mastermind. He is, as far as I can tell, no more intelligent than an average fucking 12-year-old because he can read and that seems to be his superpower. <laughs> like... Like, he reads his dad's journals, like, minor spoiler alert, and that's how he's good at anything, is his dad did all the fucking heavy work and taught the kid how to fucking read, and that's all he did was just read a few fucking, like, pages out of a journal. We don't even, we see him do nothing genius. The writing. The characters in correlation to the story. That's my second bad point, because I too could just fucking, like, melt down right now. But that's my number two. Ben, do you have more for us? Yeah, yeah, uh, my number two, oh god. Would, you know what, and I'm gonna say this, this guy he's young he's a young actor mm-hmm. so he has room to improve Ferdia Shaw I believe is that right yes yeah. yes uh, the, the young uh, man's the, the boy's name who plays Artemis Fowl so I'm gonna get that out of the way now and preface this by saying uh, you know I'm about to be pretty cruel but I also understand it's not cruel it's just very harsh criticism I understand that he's not in a position to make this work he has a whole fucking movie on his back and he's mm. not there yet Yet. So that is a that is an issue with his agent. That is an issue with his publicist. Um, that is an issue with whomever put him in this position. A casting directors, whomever. Um, because it, this ain't it. I say all that to say his performance is fucking awful. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. I, he he cannot emote. There's no emotion going on at all. It's a blank slate. I feel really bad for the other actors involved who are really trying um, and can't really receive anything from him. I also, again, I have to reiterate, I understand stand that he is young and he probably does not have that training but that does not excuse the fact that they put him in here knowing that he cannot act his way out of a paper bag and it really makes a movie this movie could have been still bad with all everything else but it at least could have had some charm to it if they found a young man or a boy who who was at least charismatic you're like okay the movie was bad but like the kid who plays Artemis is really good though like he really carried it like you know I kind of forgot about them being in the house for 85 percent of the fucking movie and <laughs> and uh and i at least enjoyed his performance and you don't and that really that really weighs down the movie so much mm-hmm. i hope hopefully he can be more things hopefully he can take more classes hopefully he has a redemption story where he's like fucking killing it. it's like oh man i'm so glad but right now this ain't it <laughs> i mean you're a hundred percent right and i feel like just to sort of tack on to that uh yeah in today's day and age with things like Stranger Things with fucking the It movies. Like, it's... You could get away with having a bad child actor during, like, the never-ending story times because it was like, oh, they're fucking kids. They don't even know how to really act. Like, we at least got them to say the fucking line. No. Like, kids nowadays know how to fucking act. And so, like, like, for instance, uh, the girl who played, uh, I think the fairy's name is Holly, the one who gets, like, kidnapped by Artemis Fowl, Laura McDonald. I think that she does a great job in this. Oh, yeah, she she does. She's 
not given much to work with, but she's a young actress who like does a really great job and gets nothing from Ferdia Shaw. And again, that could just be because he still has a lot of room to grow. Um, and I hope that we do see growth from him as an artist. It sucks that he was put into this position where he so publicly like is tied to something so awful at such a young age. That's really difficult. Yeah, it is. I, I you know I feel bad for him. I honestly do. Um, but Disney should know better. I mean, mm-hmm. literally, come on, guys. What the fuck? You you mean to, to tell me you saw his test footage and were like, this is the kid? Like, why would you do that to him? Like, it's really hard to be a kid and be in a shitty film and try to come back from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think he has, there is some, I think he is a grandchild of a famous actor. He is, um, yeah. yeah. Robert um, Shaw, if I'm remembering correctly. So, I mean, there you have it. You know what I mean? Like, all these young boys and are, you know, are, you could change, you could gender swap Artemis. It doesn't matter as long as it's a good story. Honestly, I don't, young men are, and our women who may have auditioned for Artemis File who didn't get a chance because you did pull this bullshit. That's just blatant fucking like, oh, well, my grandfather is, and maybe he didn't say this, but the agency was like, well, his grandfather's Robert Shaw. Right. Like, There's fuck, a level of I, nepotism there. Yeah, I guess we gotta, I guess, we, yeah, okay. Yeah, he sucks. He really sucked, but he's Robert Shaw. Okay, fine. We'll, we'll take the kid. We'll take the kid. <laughs> Just like, yeah. Okay. So your third point, is it me? No, I think that was your third, if I'm not mistaken. I, oh, I was am, it? Okay. I am now wait. on the line for part, for my third bad. Okay. All right. I okay, think cool. we did no, that. No, no, right, that was right? my second one. That was my second one. You're, you're, you're on your third. Okay. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty um, sure because I did editing and then I did that and then, okay. Yeah, cool. Cool. Um, My third bad. My third bad. Oh, I mean, fuck y'all. Like I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. This movie was like a fucking time warp. I want to say it was around like the 35, 45 minute mark wherein I was like, damn, that's wild. And then I looked down at my phone and like 30 minutes of the movie had gone by and I couldn't tell you what it ha- had happened. Um, <laughs> Like, I just couldn't tell you, like, what what I was, what I was seeing, what I was looking at. My third bad is still, it's sort of, like, tied into my second bad. It's really hard to, to separate. There is a scene where Artemis and Domovi, or Domavi, I'm not sure how to say his character's name. Nanso Enosi's character's name. Uh, they're standing on the beach, and it's just before the fucking elf SWAT incursion. Minor spoilers for folks. Um, and they just have a conversation on the fucking beach that like I couldn't tell you what the fuck they're talking about. They of course mention the oraculus or whatever, but then they also mention like there's like time stoppages or whatever and that's cute and fun. Like there's like my third bad is going to be um clarity of direction. Like I just like yeah. I never knew where to look or what to listen to unless they said oraculus and that was like the only thing that was a constant. That goddamn word in the fucking house. I couldn't even tell you what the oraculus looks like because i don't even remember if they showed it yeah i I don't i don't either um yeah yeah, i don't third one is really tough for me as well it's just there's so many that we can sit here and and fucking talk about like uh being in a house for 85 percent of the fucking movie you have Um, in elven fucking (laughs) manhattan i just can't Oh my god, I just that I, that really pissed me off more, but we talked about it already. I just say the narration is unnecessary. I don't I don't fucking care for mm, it. I, mm-hmm. a matter of fact, I don't care for any of these goddamn characters. I, I don't care. Direction, yeah, sure. But, okay, yeah. Sure. This movie right? just sucks. Yeah, that's my third this movie fuck sucks. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I'll say direction and the narration, which is part of the direction. We don't need it. Uh, rule of thumb, I think when writing that I've heard and I, I do agree with, do not, one, flashbacks and narration, um, you don't need them in a movie unless it's you absolutely have to have them. Mm -hmm. Unless it serves the story and it's of utmost importance to the story and it makes sense and it's clean. If you don't have those reasons, leave it out for the love of fucking God. Yes, this is a YA novel adaptation, but these kids are not fucking stupid. A lot of these people actually grew up with Artemis Fowl. Yeah. They, like, they should have been catering now. to those folks. Absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, yeah, so let's get into our uh, reboot, repackage uh, uh, portion of this review. Ian, what, what you got for us? So again, I am not super familiar with the books, but first things first, I would put all of the characters back in. I would make Artemis as cruel and vicious as I, as I am told he is in the books. I don't need to see fucking surfing Artemis Fowl. In fact, that will be, I'm going to put that as my number three in the bad section. I'm going to backtrack and say the whole fucking surfing sequence at the beginning. What the fuck did I just watch? Now we're back <laughs> to the remake part. Give me mean Artemis. Give me 20 more minutes in this story wherein we can flesh shit the fuck out and I can understand what the hell is happening. Um, And honestly, rethink, rethink the casting. And those are, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with give me more time to tell this story well give me back the characters that made the franchise famous in the first place and redo the casting that's how that's how this movie gets fucking rebooted and done well in x amount of years ben what's your reboot for artemis fowl uh yeah stick to the book stick closely to the book the book has a series for a reason i mean mm -hmm. i know not all ya novels with the series are great um i.e twilight but you know i i heard i've heard really good things about the artemis fowl series um that intrigued me i'm like yes he's a dick make him a dick you can shift the real protagonist well he can still be a protagonist but you can shift to like the nice character to the 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 elf i, I don't I imagine she's in the book um where you can really sympathize with her and want her to win but at the same time so something charming about artemis's like evil deeds you know what i mean and apparently artemis grows into a halfway decent person like let's see that growth let's see that let's see that there might be that's something compelling. underneath yeah yeah let, yeah story. see something yeah that's underneath this 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 facade of of dickishness um give us more give us two this movie could easily be two hours long 215 mm -hmm. like come on guys stop disney you know better and uh recast this motherfucker that don't get people who can actually act um yeah. please and and thank you this might be like one of the only times that i didn't enjoy judy dench in something yeah yeah she didn't bug me too much but there are moments where she was like obviously did not fucking want to be there it's so obvious she's just like i cannot believe i'm in it. uh colin farrell he got the fuck out he was in there for like two scenes he had an easy shoot day he's like look if i'm gonna do this shit i read the script if i'm gonna do this shit y'all got me for 30 minutes or a day <laughs> like, mm -hmm. y'all better make it work because <laughs> i'm gone I'm, I'm out the door after the day so um yeah that's what i would do um and pacing is everything it's a, a first it's an it's the first book so some of it exposition is going is going to be a little exposition heavy to kind of get you in that world and that's fine yeah don't shy away from that just in, make it engaging and make it click that's why you need that extra time to be honest is you you're do. setting up a whole fucking world you do you do it, that means the for your first act it's a lot of exposition but not overbearing you know mm -hmm. kind of get let us 
get into that world, the second act, then you can start picking up and 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 kind of like getting us on track to where this is heading. Uh, yeah. So that's what I would do. I don't think it's I don't think it's a lost cause. Before you kicked it off to me, I was like, just don't make it. I I cannot <laughs> say that. I think there is something in there. You can see it as terrible as this movie is. You can see it in there. You could see that they heavily butchered it in post. So you know that there is something there, and and it's a series of books. So and there's money on the table. So redo it. Um. All right. So what's our uh, what, what's the rating that you will give this, Ian? I mean, <laughs> for those of you who were paying attention when we laid out the grading scale, it might be pretty apparent where this is going to fall. But uh, yeah, I'm going to have to mark this one as an Artemis Fowl, dog. Artemis Fowl is just Artemis Fowl. Uh, How about you, Ben? Same. Where are you, where you going? <laughs> same. You ain't going to ask me. It's the same. It, yeah. This movie's terrible. It's bad. It, it, I wanted to think that people were exaggerating and people were just bored. with like, oh, okay, fine. Another YA, like 9% on Rotten Tomatoes, whatever. I could be doing something else with my time. No, it is bad. It's it's probably the equivalent of Hellboy. It's that bad and that messy. Yeah. yeah. It's bad. Um, yeah. Don't even bother. Artemis Fowl pretty much is don't even fucking bother. Just skip It'd be it. an exercise in masochism if you really want to watch it. Yeah. Go ahead. Again, this yeah. is one of the few times that I think the only redeemable thing you can do with it is turn it into a game to get smashed to and hope that like you pass out before you spend too much of your life watching it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, with that, I, I think we... Uh, We'll just go ahead and, and sign off. Yeah, I think that that's going to wrap up the inaugural standalone Stream Theory episode. Yeah, you know, it's, it's been fun. Uh, I, I, I look forward to these movies and, and reviewing them with you guys. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Uh, Ian, why don't you tell the people uh, how to get in contact with you, what you're doing, you know, you know, some of that stuff. Absolutely, friends. You can find me on social media on Twitter as Sir Yikes a lot at BabyGotKnack. You can find me on Instagram as SockNinja888 or you can can find me on Facebook as Ian Muntiner if you feel like trying to spell that. Ben, where could the people reach out to you? You can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Timothy Jenkins. You can find me on Instagram at Benfolio91. You can also find me on Twitter at BTJenkins91. I am still trying to work on those handles to make them more exciting. I know I'm dull sometimes. Uh, Yeah, guys, you know, these movies were up and down quite literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, You know, we had The Five Bloods and we had Artemis Followed, two totally different movies but they were fun but you know what now you you have a better ins- insight of of what you might need to watch and and what you might want to avoid because this is literally what we do it's a, you're busy it's okay you just pop this on and you're like oh thank you ben and ian for informing me of what i probably should be watching on stream platforms right now but it's okay that's why we're here fam because we're too many flicks and <laughs> we watch all the flicks like artemis fall so that you don't have to. Hey, 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 friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to our inaugural standalone Stream Theory episode. We hope you enjoyed. Just a few quick housekeeping things before we let you go here. Please feel free to check out Too Many Flicks on any of our social media pages. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's the number two at the beginning with an X at the end. You can also feel free to support us directly via Patreon. We're working on getting new content up there for you all, so it's super exciting. We can have a link for that in the description for you. And most importantly, Please feel free, wherever you're listening, please, please, please comment, rate, subscribe, do all that goodness. It's worth the weight in gold to new and starting out podcasts, and we really appreciate it. So we know times are crazy right now. Thank you for being with us and sharing this time. We like to be a little reprieve for y'all if we can. Wear your masks, wash your hands, stay safe. We love you.